Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Top Gear, it's over. Well, is, oh, it, is, is I, it, isn't it? I mean, I figured it was. We, we know people. Well, I think a lot of people assumed, yes. I mean, I, I hate to dally in facts rather than the absolute horse shit that I've seen being talked about Top Gear in the last few days since the announcement on uh, Tuesday last week. But there are certain things that are uh, would suggest there is going to be no Top Gear in the foreseeable future. One of them being they've disbanded the production team because they've had to. There's nothing for them to do. The mm. show was on pause ever since Freddie Flintoff had his accident last year. Mm. Um, so they've gone to work on other programmes or develop other ideas. And you can't make a show if you don't have a production team. But that doesn't mean the show's dead. And I've seen a lot of this whinging of people going, well, they've just killed it off, but they don't want to say it because the BBC, because the BBC, because they're so woke. They say, yeah, they're so woke, the BBC, they hate cars. Uh, and first of all, anyone who uses the word woke as a negative is a prick. This is just a fact. But also, yeah, I, uh... um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but another, another yeah. fact is, it's the BBC's property. They can do as they damn well like. They could say they're pausing it and then not make it again for 100 years, and that's still true. They, they, they don't have to say either way whether they've killed it off or not, because... It's not a dog. It's a television format. It can lay dormant for as long as they want, and it, then they could re-energise it whenever they want. Well, That's the, how it works. It's a fucking format. What, they're cryogenically frozen it, possibly? Well, this is the thing. I mean, it's just it's a name, and it's, it's a format, and even the format doesn't have to be the same. They could bring back Top Gear, and it turns out that it's, you know, like Dancing on Ice, but with cars. And no yeah. one could stop them, no. because it's their name, and they can do as they like with it. And this is what's annoyed me about the thing with people. I heard Perry McCarthy, the ex-Stig, on the radio the day it was announced. And I was just like, I wanted to ring him up and go, Perry, shut up. Whinging on about how the BBC have cancelled the show and it's a mistake. They were caught in this terrible bind where, you know, it is a matter of record that Freddie had what was a pretty terrible accident. And the specifics haven't got out, but it sounds awful. And the ball was in his court, rightly so. Until he came out and said what happened and what it had done to him physically and mentally, the BBC couldn't make a move because if they brought the show back without him and then he went, oh, by the way, I was really banged up and then Top Gear just drove off without me effectively, yeah. they'd look terrible. But if they decide to wait until he's committed to coming back or not, well, again, it's up to him. And I guess maybe, I don't know this, maybe he hasn't said... Or maybe he has said, but now they just have to wait it out a bit. Again, the thing at the BBC, and I say this as someone who worked for them on and off. Oh, did almost, you? Not, yeah, oh. I've mentioned it once or twice. No. But right. yeah, what did I do? Like 15 years, I reckon I did with the Beeb yeah. in total. And it, one of the things that you'll notice about the BBC is that it is quite neurotic sometimes about how it's perceived in the wider world because it gets so much flack 
particularly at the moment, on a pretty much a day-to-day basis, particularly from dullards, kind of dullards who use the word woke as a criticism on the internet, mm. they're always bitching about the BBC. And, and so the Beeb is, is absolutely neurotic about this, I think, sometimes. And they don't want to look bad. They don't want a Daily Mail front page accusing them of being insensitive. And so they're naturally going to err on the side of caution when someone who was working for them at the time gets really hurt Mm. in an accident. And this is why, you know, it's no surprise the show is now officially on a hiatus that may be indefinite, we don't know, because what else can they do? But I don't know that it's... People go, oh, it's being cancelled. Well, it hasn't. It could come back. But it might come back in 2075 when we're all dead. You just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, did you ever refer to it as TG? Uh, I I suppose I have done, yeah. Yeah, that's okay, is it? It's not like saying hubby instead of husband or anything, really. Oh, God, no. (laughs) It's not that... I mean, nothing's that bad. Okay. (laughs) Or holly bobs. We won't go near holly holly bobs. bobs. I was going to say, there's only only a couple of things worse than than hubby, and one of them is holly bobs. Um, I mean, oh, 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 gosh, yeah. Please, it's just awful. It's just, (laughs) I can't bear it. Honestly, I'd rather just, I'd rather (laughs) announce to everybody for one day of the year, everybody you come into contact with, just call them a C to their face. I think that's that's less (laughs) offensive than using the term hollybobs. (laughs) Go in, put your car in to have some new tyres in. Morning, you bunch of Cs. Uh, Right, I'd like the new set of tyres on, thanks. Do you want me to pay? Yeah, no problem, C. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, let me do it. I'll just put my pin in. Yeah. I think anyone who says bobs, you should be allowed to just cuff them around the head like in Laurel and Hardy films. Just a cuff. You're not hitting them, you're just cuffing them just to get... Stop it. Do you know what? Not even, not even violent. You just you just simply no, no, take their holiday away. No, no, it just instantly gets cancelled. So they, 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 oh, don't, yes. they don't know their, their holiday's cancelled until they go to the airport and there's no recollection of any booking. There's no... Yeah. They can't go. <laughs> it's, well, actually, it does say on the file here that you did use the word hollybobs a couple of weeks ago, so that's why. No, go home yeah. and shut up. Yeah. As a that's also, if you say the word hubby, that they instantly get imprisoned. I'm afraid you referred to your husband as hubby, and now he's in Pentonville for nine years. So that'll teach you. That'll learn you. Keep saying it, we'll extend his sentence. He's not getting out for good behaviour. He's done nothing wrong. This is your fault. Say it again, Um, another year. Say it again, another year. It's really easy, (laughs) (laughs) Say it again, it's hi, I'm here to see my hubby. Oh, unlucky. You're not Uh, seeing him, and he's in for another 12 years. uh, Um, This is not correlated, but his wifey is, is, is awful and crap it's pretty bad it is isn't it i hate also i hate dated euphemisms for wife her indoors the missus just say your wife yeah it's just like what's wrong with that word it's not like you're writing a lengthy article where you're trying to think of synonyms for the same word no you're just being a prick about something that you could perfectly well say <laughs> in a straightforward manner <laughs> Sorry, I'm up on my hind legs this morning. I, I really love don't know it. What's That's going it. on? I love it when you're on your hind legs. It's great fun. I'll stop there. I, I, um, uh, but anyway, just to, to wrap up this Top Gear thing, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's uh, it, I think the BBC was in a very difficult situation, and so they've done the only thing they can do, which is to go look. We're not going to make any Top Gear for the foreseeable future, but that doesn't mean we will never make it again. And they probably haven't fully communicated that and allowed a gap into which various gobshites and idiots have started yabbering but i think the fact is there's nothing else they could do in the same way that when people go well they sacked jeremy because they hated him because he wasn't politically correct like they didn't sack him they didn't renew his contract because he'd been a dick 
Mm. And that's an entirely different thing. If he had been in their employment, they could have suspended him, but he was about to come to the end of a contract. They couldn't give him a multi-million pound deal when he just hit one of his colleagues. So he was let go. He wasn't sacked. That's not how freelancing works. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. Um, And, of course... I think what I think what the BBC needs is uh, is a, just another very loose car based show um, <laughs> wearing very loose clothing. I would say, perhaps <laughs> caftan cars. I would say, yeah, we, I, I've shut this. <laughs> I've shut the hem in the door of the new Honda HRV. So I shut the door on my NBA suit and walk off and basically derobe myself. <laughs> Instantly, because it's it's wafer thin silk. Wafer thin. Uh, linen driving with Johnny Smith. I think it would be Strain great for your channel. Yeah, I mean, this is something that's quite interesting because there is now uh, no uh, car show on what you might still call mainstream TV. No, no, there isn't. Um, Which is because it's, it's fifth quite- gears resting yeah fifth gears resting i don't know if that'll come back it won't come back with me but who knows um um yeah it does top here obviously resting um i mean this wheeler deal is obviously in all those other shows uh on on sort of cable and satellite channels um yeah and so uh, not to not to undo the work they do because wheeler dealers is globally huge isn't it and it is it's massive it, it doesn't really get the credit it deserves for that but there isn't on the kind of telly you can get for now essentially like on you know any television in the uk channels one to five there's no car show no and uh, I, I mean again people go oh well it just shows people don't like cars anymore and it's like it is interesting that i think almost it's not just that. I think TV commissioners are a little concerned that the car isn't fashionable anymore. Well, like say, or, you know, property or cooking or, cooking or dancing, which, or, you know, don't have such a bad rep. The car, people can go, why are you glorifying something when it's damaging the environment? Yeah. Where actually, it feels like, because people are aware that they're going to sort of, that they're going to have to buy an electric car at some point in the future once internal combustion is no longer available to buy new feels like there is a gap for a a more trad car show that just sort of tells you what's going on a bit more but i suppose that 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 is covered by 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 people online isn't it that's covered by you've got content creators like on youtube like like for example there's a guy i know um called johnny smith it's very very good almost effortless oh he, he's good i like him yeah i like him he's, he's all good. right yeah yeah he's not i thought he, yeah. i watched him once i thought he was going to be a prick but he wasn't he yeah, wasn't no, it's actually all right. yeah. to be fair to yeah. be fair to be fair and all that <laughs> to, be fair. to be fair tbf yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean um yeah he so looked, he looked like one of them rich that. he looked like one of them and i thought he's gonna be one of them <laughs> He looked like one, and I thought, he is going to be. You wait. He'll open his mouth, and I'll be like, you little, dirty little. But he's not one of them. He's not. He's all um, right. So, yeah, I suppose there's less... Uh, there's less... Requ- I, I suppose that's the thing. Television is now sort of filling the gaps that YouTube can't provide. So, you know, there's no YouTuber could make Strictly Come Dancing. It's, that is the kind of programme that could only exist... On yeah. trad television, I think. 
I mean, it could be broadcast on but should, YouTube, but it had to be made by a bigger organisation. But should the car TV come back with the production values of, of Attenborough's Planet Earth? Mm. Do some really, really glossy, gorgeous, big picture stuff that the, there would never be a budget allocated for off of YouTube and all that. Yeah, um, and then and and then it, it's it's coffee table material, so it's dateless. It's not necessarily reviewing the latest thing, which will be, be will become old hat quite soon. It, it goes mm. the other way. I could see that working really well. I mean, Chris Harris kind of does that, or um, when he started his own channel, um, him and Neil Carey, you know, they they filmed very cinematically, all that kind of stuff, and. Mm did a fine, fine job of it. It goes back to when, actually, to, to hook Top Gear back in again, when Clarkson finally learnt to drive. I know we've talked about this uh, a few times in the past. I don't know if we've talked about it publicly. I think we've just talked about it like, oh, you and I together. But there was that moment when, in old Top Gear, Jeremy wasn't a, a massively accomplished performance driver, by his mm. own admission, probably, and then mm. just sort of went away and, learnt how to do it <laughs> and then came back and could skid he used to drag tiff over to a corner of an airfield where they were filming together and make him teach him it was one of the reasons brilliant the reason that jeremy is is really good at sliding cars on camera now is because he got tiff to it's teach him. the sultan of slide uh, <laughs> exactly <was mentored>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he <laughs> the sultan of slide yeah. yes but um, he is, though. I mean, another reason for us all to bow down and respect the almost translucent leather-jacketed Tiff Nadell. Yeah, yeah, no, his influence goes deeper than you think. So uh, yeah. I'm reading uh, Chris Harris's book at the moment, and I, 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 he has a little dig at the driving talents of um, the previous Top Gear presenters, which I thought was a little unfair, because Jeremy is quite handy. In yeah. a TV sort of way. Yeah. You know, I don't think he'd set a blistering lap time around the Nürburgring, although he's had a go in that film we did with the Diesel Jack. But but as someone who can showboat for television cameras, yeah, he's good. I mean, I've been in a car with him on a track and on an airfield, and, and I totally trust him to absolutely hang it out, but more importantly, to get it back again without going onto the grass. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I mean, I've seen Richard do some very impressive driving as well. When we were in Bolivia and we were coming down this terrifying mountain pass in the pitch black in a land cruiser with no brakes. What? And, and we'd be dead without Richard's amazing... He's really good on loose stuff, Hammond. He's better on loose stuff than he is on, on a track. He's like, he should have been a rally driver rather than a track driver. He and sh- yeah. He, yeah, his car control and his ability to anticipate and scrub off momentum by basically sliding the car was quite remarkable particularly considering we were all knackered as well some of the best driving i've seen the truth be told because uh without it we'd have gone over the edge wow shit that, um, and that would have made so you know lines, he's, uh, he's he's not an absolute oaf in the car um and james and James, James is, I mean, he's a perfectly competent driver. He's just, you know, he's just, I don't think he's, he's not that interested in hanging out the tail. He can, I've seen him do it, but it's like, it's almost, he does it reluctantly. Oh, if I must. We've all hung but, our know. tails out reluctantly. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just the nature yeah. of the beast. Anyway, but I don't. I saw I saw May last week saying, you know, I think if anything, the format's due for a for a reinvention, and I kind of agree with him. 
but of course, at the same it's, time. It's been 20-odd years of, of it being Well, it has. And I do see stuff on YouTube and on other shows where it's sort of three men going on adventures together and mucking about and taking the piss out of each other. And I sort of sometimes go, I feel like I'm having my own leftovers reheated and served back to me here, and maybe it's time to move on. But... As May himself said, and I also agree with this, don't know what the answer is there. Mm. I mean, I've got some thoughts, but I'm just not sure that... I don't know that commissioners, they are sometimes tendency to go, well, that worked, so let's do more of it. Well, that that, that's, that was how I was going to f- sign this off almost, is say that um, I get asked lots why I don't pitch TV ideas or, or you know, do, do any, any TV shows at all. And the reality is, is the the success rate of a TV show is so low, you have to relentlessly mm. pitch stuff and refine stuff and possibly do FOC pilots and stuff. So, and, and that would take up all your time. And that means your earnings are an unknown. So, and the commissioners are very risk averse, I would say, mm. these days, a lot of the time. Mm. And any car show which gets pitched immediately gets pitted against Top Gear and then they'll go, do we want it to emulate that or do we want to do the opposite? Do we want to run away into the horizon? Very different. Yeah, it's, um, it's tricky. I, I, I think Top Gear should just come back as 70s Top Gear because Alan, uh, Angela Rippon has, has just been thrown out of... Uh, not thrown out, makes it sound like she's a disgraced sort of... Uh, she's been spitting and swearing at people, but uh, been thrown out of Strictly Come Dancing. And, I, and Rippon was, was a good presenter um, in a car. Noel Edmonds isn't dead. And no. No, we know not that Goffey's not dead. We know Woolard's not mm. dead. I don't know about Tony Mason, actually. I've just said his name, but I don't know. Well, do. Mason's there. He's, and then, of course, you know, Quentin's around. Tiff. Quentin, yeah. Yes, just do. Can we not just do like a really lo-fi, um, but beautiful, old-school, this is a new car, this is how it works, and we're now going to go over to the new motor show with Quentin Wilson. Yeah. Well, recorded microphone. I mean, they did. Um, I gather they shot something with Goffey and Rippon for the next series of Top Gear, which is obviously now on the shelf. But um, they yeah, did do some kind of retro thing. Angela Rippon was once slightly narky to my wife um, when she her first job at the BBC because she'd my wife was hadn't lived in the UK for very long. And was working at the Beeb at Television Centre. And offices there, you know, productions use an office. And then when they come to an end, the office gets vacated. Someone else moves in. So quite often, your phone number was, until the week before, somebody else's phone number. And so you you get calls for them still. And this well-spoken lady rang my wife's desk phone one day and went, I'd like to speak to Sarah. And my wife said, oh, there's no Sarah here. Well, this is her number. I'd like to speak to Sarah. No, there is no Sarah in this office. It's Angela Rippon. And my wife, grew up in the US, has no idea who that is. Oh, God! And so she just went, okay. And Angela Rippon went, do you know who I am? And my wife had to go, no, I'm sorry, I don't. She did the do you Angela Rippon was a bit, yeah, she did. Don't you know who I am, I think it was. And my wife went, I'm sorry, I don't. And Angela Rippon was a bit cross about this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I suppose if you've been famous for for years and years, it, it, you're, maybe your brain can't quite comprehend that someone hasn't heard of you. I get, I do that all the time. 
do all the time, Richard. What? <laughs> In what, sense? what? What you just said that rip and spec like disbelief of not knowing who who I am. Do you know who oh. I am? No, I've actually never said do you know who I am because A, I'm not famous enough, and B, I think it will always end in tragedy. I just think it will always oh, end in terrible. embarrassment or tragedy. No, it's, it's a terrible thing to say. I can't, I can't understand how anyone would say it. It doesn't matter, even if you were, I don't know, Brad Pitt or Bono or something, which you just, you just wouldn't say it, surely. No. Because it's, it's fraught with peril. It is, Particularly isn't it? if there's the danger that someone will go, I'm sorry, I really don't. Um, but I'm amazed you do know who you are, though, because you've had... I would. You've had very little sleep in the past, what week or so, because of certainly in the last your, your thirst for high energy music. Uh, last yeah, last four days has been um, challenging for my near forty five year old frame, but um, <laughs> I'm, it's been good fun. It's been really good fun. It's been lovely, lovely fun. This is almost like you're just trying to live one of this podcast's memes for real you went to a drum and bass night in bristol yes i did it was pleasantly pre-internet yes it was brilliant (laughs) yeah it was great it was just a tick box of things i knew i was going to see when i went in for a start held out of town in a very very ropey warehouse though those that know of motion will know what i'm talking about i think it was an old marble cutting warehouse or something to do with marble hmm or might have even been actual, you know, like making marbles. I don't bloody know. Um, what I do know is that with, when the light, if, if the lights ever did go up, I think you'd be horrified. So, but yeah, it's very industrial. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we it's I, it dawned on me. I drove down there to see to rendezvous with my mates. We had a s- civilized dinner and stuff. And we were like, yeah. Um, well, actually, I just went. Oh yeah. Well, so what time? What time does it start? It was. LTJ Bookham and Ronnie Size. So if you know your '90s drum and bass, you'll you'll appreciate. Mm. But they, we looked at the the thing, and it was like, yeah, it starts at midnight. Oh, oh okay, it starts at midnight. <laughs> okay, so we don't need to be in there. We don't need to be in there before midnight. Ah, okay. Well, I've had a really long day already, a long week, and I've just driven four hours to get there. Okay, all right, I can do this. And yeah, it was midnight till four. And um, yeah, pretty Joe is fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant, and the bass was phenomenal. Um, the drums were good as well, but um, yeah, just, <laughs> just compressed your lungs. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was. Excellent. I do. I started talking to that- an old college friend of mine who I didn't know was going to be there. I met him next to the oh. bar. So in the midst yeah. of this uh, very dirty D and B session, we were talking about his Astra GTE and his GMC Cyclone, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. <laughs> he was talking about meth injection it- on it, and I was going, "Yeah, yeah, meth." Ejection, but it was so loud. I was sort of hearing every one in four words. I was going to say, this it's like a, a really lovely place for an unexpected catch-up with an old friend. Is a D and B night after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> How are the kids? What? <laughs> um, Do you know? I also noticed because Ronnie Size was doing some. Uh, they, they obviously use these days the sort of electric decks. The, I think they're pioneers. A lot of them favour. So they've got mm. two platters, but they're not playing actual vinyl, are they? But when they're twiddling the little uh, the mixer controls and they're really doing it enthusiastically where they're sort of like tweaking and then their hand leaves it viciously and then they look up at the crowd. Yes. It, it remi- I said to my mate, it's like they're playing 
high energy chess with themselves because it looks like a chess game <laughs> and they go yeah it's the very pod ostentatious no, yeah. oh. removal of the hand from the thing it's, isn't it where you have to like really you fling your hand into the air a little bit exactly it's a bit like salt bay but but but, but much less twatty yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> so but yeah it looks like they're having a really high a high energy or they've t- they've taken a bag full of cocaine and then they've played chess with themselves yeah i can imagine you can only imagine how that would look <laughs> yeah checkmate yeah whatever mate yeah um so yeah that was that was really good fun uh ended up walking back which is always soulful at half four in the morning and also Ooh. you have the conundrum of like uh it was quite good actually my my we're, we're all no all bar one of them are we're dads one of my mates who's been to see loads of drum and bass he he came he mm. came up to us and he, he he held out my hand and he put something in it and it was almost like he was giving all of us drugs and i was like what are you doing and then i opened up my hand there were earplugs and he went just just to be on the safe side <laughs> and he went <laughs> and, <laughs> that's such a brilliantly middle-aged thing it was a real dad moment and then and then i went and then when we were in there i went oh we've got we've all got our coats on uh, we, I sh- shall I go and put our coats in because like it's gonna get hot in here and hectic. Mm. And one of my mates, Dan, was like, "No, no, no! I never put my coat in. I don't trust them." So he he wore his puffer jacket all night, and then my other mate had just <laughs> tied everything around his waist like loads of layers because again, <laughs> being being practical middle aged dads, you're like, "Well, when we leave, it's going to be cold and rainy, and we've got a 25 minute walk. I'm mm. not." I'm not like turning up with no coat on. That's just a shit move. No. So it's that it's that whole decision making. And then of course when we went outside afterwards, all of the taxis slash not really a taxi, just a guy driving around Bristol at night offering lifts. There was a lot of that going on, which was really good. Mm. We we didn't we Perfect. didn't part, we didn't partake with that. But yeah, the 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 session the session was really good. I have to say, very creative. Talking yeah. of creator, actually, the Prodigy gig that I went to last night, I must say to listeners, if I sound like I've been up all night, it's because I've been up all night. And uh, Well, I, also, I, you, and you... And then you literally drove all night. I did. Robertson said. And crept in, Which, crept in my room. <laughs> it's uh, your own room. And, uh, and I was hoping to make love to me, but I was just simply too tired, so... Too uh, tired, yeah. <laughs> 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 Can we rain check on the love making? I, I set my alarm and went, right, if I fall asleep now, I'm going to get three and three quarter hours sleep. Okay, let's do oh, this. God. But yeah. the prodigy were amazing. I won't dwell on it because this is a car podcast, but yeah, needless to say, they say don't meet your heroes. I've, I've wanted to see the prodigy f- since forever. I bought their first album in 91, had a profound effect on me. And uh, I wish I'd seen them sooner. But yeah, really, in that creative way, they seem to marry metal with dance music. And I think they were one of the earliest kind of bands to do that. They meld them so well mm. together. So the mix of people at the gig was weird. It, on the you know, when you go to a rave, ravers are quite um, they're quite considerate to one another. Nobody like barges into anybody. Everyone's just making shapes and and gurning. So that's okay. <laughs> Metal, obviously, 
things like mosh pits appear and there's lots of th- oh it's a contact sport there's, isn't it, yeah Michael? there's throwing yes. and punching and like chucking of drinks well we got caught mm. in a mosh pit at the prodigy gig oh yeah i had to give someone oh. a telling off <laughs> yeah. you pulled one of your earplugs out and went now look here yeah yeah i got pushed so uh, violently I- from behind it was like having a mild car accident oh Oh shit! I hate when that happens. Yeah, well, I, yeah, well, that's, that's not a sort of the downside of of a sort of an up tempo gig, isn't it? The exactly. possibility of shoving. Yeah. Um, Liam Howlett. Well, let's do the about Liam Howlett. I was fascinated. I presume he's moved on, but he used to make a lot of prodigy records using an old Amiga. Yeah. No, he hasn't moved on. He's still still the the pillar of the community. He was holding it all together last night. But is he still using a, a very old computer now to sequences? I presume live oh. they're not. They're, they're running it off. Um, Do you know what? They, they were doing some other There was so software. lots of mixology going on. I don't know if... Um, I'm pretty sure they would have used more modern technology, judging by what they were think, doing. Yeah. But they had, a, they had, a, mm. they had, a, they had a, a drummer and a guitarist oh. for every track, and it, it worked. Huh. And they were mashing together really early tracks with... New ones and the best. I'm mm. going to say Stellantis is, are going to be so peed off when they watch this <laughs> this tour because Prodigy have clearly stolen all the lasers. There are no more other lasers out there. I don't think oh, they is could that have it? used. Oh, they couldn't have used more lasers if they tried. There's not bad news for our live show on the seventh because uh, the Prodigy have got all of Britain's lasers. They, they have. We'll have to go to a market stall and get a load of those pointer pens, laser pointers. <laughs> Um, sellotape them all together. Uh, the thing about Liam Howlett is uh, he's a total car guy, isn't he? Mm. I'd love to meet, meet him and interview him. He runs a motorcycle Why race you, team. Have you have you have you tried reaching <clears throat> out to him? I've tried going through somebody that kind of knows him through the motorcycle world, but um, mm-hmm. with no successes yet. I think the the TVR connection was always the thing mm. that I loved about him, and uh, he's, he ordered. A Cerberus Speed Twelve. Yeah, him and Keith, Keith Flint, ordered them when they were announced, and then when it became clear that um, the road car wasn't really going to happen, they got their deposits back. But yeah, they were two of the first people to order a Speed Twelve, yeah. and they both had. I forget now. I was reading up on this because I wrote an article about the Cerberus Speed Twelve for Evo the other month, and and they were quite not just enthusiastic TVR owners, but I think sort of quite active in the TVR community, like. I know Liam Liam Howlett was on Pistonheads forum for a while. Oh, was he? Just yeah, just chatting about stuff with, and then kind of outed himself, and and then had to prove his identity. And uh, I, yeah, from what I gather, it was genuinely him. Well, he looks just so. The he's same probably as he watched your does. stuff on your channel because if he's that kind of guy who just likes to nerd out about cars on the internet, oh, he's bound to have settled down with your review of do you the, think so with the commodore amiga Comedy. on his lap and a cup of cocoa with the amiga still yeah, still writing songs on an amiga <laughs> i have to say they're still just as creative as ever and uh, and bravo it was a great gig it was a great gig mate and um yeah i can highly recommend it for friends and family yeah <laughs> Uh, I um, I was was talking of staying up late. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I was. I know the thing. I was. I know the thing that all through the gig because it was really like quite bouncy and a little bit fighty in places. And the the warm up act. One of the warm up acts was particularly sort of like angry. Um, I spent the. I would say I checked every couple of minutes my zippable pocket to just make sure my car key hadn't fallen out or been taken. Oh, God. Because I thought, if, it, if the <laughs> shit goes down, I've got to get back to the multi-storey car park and drive three and a half hours. 
And if I lose that yeah. on the dance floor, oh, because the lights went up and there was just just a, a sea of single-use plastic cups, which is just a shame, and mm. the odd lighter and vapey thing. Um, mm. But, yeah, I was worried uh, oh, if I lose the key. Oh, I'm doomed. Absolutely doomed. Oh, God. So, yeah, carry as you were, as you were, Richard. Talking of um, staying up late, I went to... Well, the night that you were at the D&B night in Bristol, I was having a, a pretty much an equivalent experience at our kids' school quiz for the PTA in the local <laughs> church hall. Oh! Was Ronnie Size playing? <laughs> He was. Did yeah. he do an early Couldn't set? hear any of the questions because there was there was so much skittery beat over the top of it. Uh, no, that was. I mean, that was quite. That was quite good. That wasn't a late one, but it was an unexpectedly boozy one to the extent that my wife had to tell me to calm down at one point because I was saying all the answers far too loudly. Oh, really? And the table of teachers behind us was rolling their eyes a little bit and tutting. Um, Oh, were you shouting? Were you uh, drunk shouting? Well, because I didn't, I, you know, it's a PTA quiz in a church hall. I didn't really know what to expect. We'd not been to one before. And they just had a, like, you know, sort of decorator's table of booze that was for sale. And so. Well, the table was for sale. No, well, that's the thing. They, had to, they went, oh, well, this table, you'd be able to set the table once you got rid of all this booze. <laughs> all right, then, I'll give it a go. Um, no, the damage was really that my friend Gareth, who's one of the other dads on the team, won a bottle of Drambui in the half-time break. Oh, gosh. And we decided to open it uh, during the second half, and um, and it all got a bit giddy. And then I was, I thought, discreetly, as you do in sort of pub quiz environments, sort of, you know, across the table to whoever was writing the answers that time, it's Concord, but my wife pointed out I was actually saying it quite loudly. Oh gosh! And also, we were just generally mucking about a bit. Oh no! They were circulating fucking vodka jelly shots. Vodka was, jelly at the church hall PTA. I know quiz. it's a PTA quiz in a church hall, and uh, yeah, one of the mums on our team came back with a load of vodka jelly shots and went, "Oh, I've got these in." I'm like, is this wise? Oh, go on then. All right. So I can't remember the last um, time I had a vodka. It's a bit sort of um, pre-internet know, house really party, thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is. It's exactly that. Yeah. It's like, what? I don't understand. But anyway, it's fine. So, yeah, Bristol, it's, it's middle-aged people speaking too it's, loudly. It's part of the curriculum in Bristol. Yes. <laughs> it's, but the following night, I went to a school reunion and ended up staying up late, and it sort of broke me for about four days afterwards. It's just, I, I can't, Sounds I like can't me. do that anymore. Yeah, well, that's it. You're now in it. I'm, You're, this, I'm in. Is, this is going to take you a few days to bounce back from, surely. I'm going to go to uh, the West End to watch... Um, Musical soon. Uh, yeah, yeah I can't wait. Which one? Is is Ulez Miserable? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, they're really. It's really going to be quite emotional. I think. Is it just going to be lots of gammony people whinging about Sadiq Khan? Yeah, that's right. But 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 with with also synchronised dancing and okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean some, obviously synchronised dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be some waving yeah, of tax yeah. discs and tailpipes and things as well. Yeah, and there's a whole sort of one of those slower numbers, just a solo about someone who's too thick to understand how the ULES is based on particulate emissions, not CO2. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Still hasn't got their head around it. That's right. It, 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 it'll be the single spotlight on the, on the person. Yeah. Well, the, woe, the woe is me. <laughs> I'm so. so confused. No, you're just stupid. You should be in it. They'd be auditioning soon yeah. for the old ULES miserables. Yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> You'd love that, wouldn't you? I do love a. Do love it's a driven musical. me out of my car. You can get a Yaris for three hundred quid. That's compliant. Now shut up. <laughs> but I think um, that the sad part of the story is always um, lots of immaculate 
uh, one owner rare but nobody cares cars that are just being outlawed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One by one. Orphaned. Is that the case, though? Because, I mean, the, the cutoff for petrol is almost 20 years ago. Yes. How many of those cars are still being... I mean, there is, and the thing about London old is money, you do see some f- funny old stuff hanging around, don't you? It's just uh, things that, yes, I think old money and also probably low-use cars. That's the thing. Mileage young. I like to use the term mileage young. Mileage young? Yes. Because, you know, in a- avionics and, and heavy plant, they, they don't talk mm. about the age of the machine. They talk about the hours, don't they, that it's, that it's, yes. that it's worked. That's all yeah. they care about. So I think it's a, in my, there's a lot of mileage young kind of city cars. Still got lots yeah. of life left. Often, um, often one owner. Or old money spec, yeah, as we've yeah. discussed previously. Mm. Old money mileage young spec. It's kind of how you want it. The Bristol Fighter had a gauge that recorded hours. Did it? I mean, obviously, it's still, it's still at a mileometer because it has to, but it had a, yeah, in the ceiling, I think, it had a, an hours thing. It was a gimmick, obviously, but it was, they used, you know, oh, it's aviation, aviation thinking. Mm. Always reminds um, me of Jason Plato, that car, because uh, I don't even think he's ever driven it, but he, he his, <laughs> one of his favourite, um, one of his favourite little slogans was always "Oh, you fighter!" When he was, um, oh yeah, when he's like got a car a bit squiffy or it's tried to bite him. <laughs> so I always wanted him to to drive the Bristol Fighter, and he would just be constantly having just muttering the same thing over and over again. It's like you're absolutely right, Jason. It is the fighter. You're saying "Oh, you fighter!" It is. That's what it is. <laughs> Maybe it's not too late. Maybe we should get Jason in a fighter. Oh, you fighter. Yeah. I think that would be great. Yeah. There's other, how many do they make? Nine, I think. So yes, yeah, nine. Slim pickings, but they are out there. Yeah, you fighter. I have driven a fighter, fully enough. Um, not in a way that caused me to go, ooh, you fighter, because I had the man who owned the company next to me for most of it. But, um, oh, gosh. But it was, I mean, I liked it. It was interesting. It's uh, it, it, there's, there's something quite endearing about it. I'd like Plato to do it. Do you know what? I woke up the other morning and I felt with, with the with the the news of of Top Gear maybe disappearing forever, but also maybe just being cryogenically frozen for a while. Mm. Um, I feel very lucky to have worked on car TV with some of the people that I've worked with. Mm. Working with Vicky and Tiff, done some work yeah. with. Um, Quentin, 
um, yeah, just work with the, the, some of the proper legends. And you've worked with all of them and then some. No, I had exactly the same thought. I thought I feel I suddenly have counted my blessings that I got to do well, old Top Gear for a little bit, but then the new era of Top Gear from 2002, when talking as we were about how maybe, you know, maybe it's time for a reinvention, but then it's hard to know how you reinvent and the shadow that that format and that show generally casts over car tv mm. i was going to say is maybe one of the reasons why commissioners are reticent to commission new car tv because they kind of go oh well everyone will just compare it to that and it'll be annoying but the time when we got to do that and we were just making it up as we went along but it, some if not all of it worked and evolved into the show that it, it was and I do feel very lucky to have been able to do that and not had the sense that people were looking over our shoulder too much. Yeah. They were allowing us to make mistakes. And I don't think that would happen now so much um, because there's too much riding on it. I think I just caught the tail end of an era when television was a little bit more prepared to take risks. Certainly the BBC. Totally. We're like, we have this remit to not just chase ratings. We're trying to make programmes for everybody as part of our public service brief. And so we're going to allow this to just sort of naturally evolve and fulfil its role as a sort of slightly boisterous Sunday night entertainment. And I, don't, I just think that if from scratch that wouldn't necessarily happen now, but for lots and lots of reasons, um, which I won't go into now. So, yeah, it's good. Do you know what else I was thinking the other day? I was thinking how lucky... I was, and I suppose we were, to catch the tail end of the heyday of the motor show. Absolutely. Because I suddenly remember, I, I don't know why it's popped into my head, I just suddenly had an image of, of, of being like at the Geneva motor show and thinking, oh, it just doesn't happen anymore, certainly not the way that it used to. And I used to quite like that sort of spend a day wandering around, sitting in some cars and things, because, you know, 10-year-old me that used to go to the... British Motor Show at the Birmingham NEC and fight through crowds just to have the chance to sit in a micro. It, my little mind would have been blown at the idea that as an adult I was able to go to press day. And I just thought, what lucky bastard you were. I d never thought that would happen. So it's quite nice that it did. I, I count my blessings there as well. Because motor shows are really not a thing anymore, are they? They're one of the, my favourite things I always enjoyed doing um, roving reports on. For, for for tv because it was mm. a it was a bit of a kind of like r blind panic scrum you had a rough idea of who you needed to cover and what you needed to try and get a glimpse of but it was a bit wild west mm. and i sort of enjoyed that as long as you had access to um coffee and somewhere to put yeah. your coat in your bag i know that sounds really practical but <laughs> no, it gets boring carrying carrying true, a heavy it? bag all day you can't quite concentrate so <laughs> you always got to find somewhere to put it we sort of had that at goodwood didn't we we've done those those roving things at festival of speed yeah. where you've got a bag and a coat and then you end up sort of having to just tuck it behind something else while you do a piece to camera or give it to a member of the crew and then they sort of look like a, a pack they look like a pack standing there with everybody's stuff on that, that's exactly it's, it yeah i i my first most show in a like working capacity was at the birmingham nec in 98 and um that was a busy old show you know, rover 75 jaguar s type lots of new stuff there and we were filming for top gear 
and the BBC One Motor Show special that used to go out on a Sunday evening, the week of the motor show. And during that filming, that scrum, I remember memorably with the crew that I was with, the director was quite stressed about getting everything done. And he narkily was shooing people out of the way. And in the course of the day, he managed to narkily shoo Steve Coogan and Ian McShane out of the way while we were trying to get shots. <laughs> Ian McShane? Coogan was wearing like a cagoule. Yeah, Ian McShane. And then we were looking. That's the first time I noticed that Ian McShane's got a very long back and short legs. He's got a... Did you say a long back? Well, he was wearing... You know, he's quite... He's, he seems to be an enthusiast of the scrap metal dealer leather jacket. Yeah, and True. So it might have been, it was distorted by the jacket, but it definitely looked like he had quite a a long back and short legs. Um, and, uh, yeah, our, our director kind of went, excuse me, we're trying to get shot here. And uh, this guy went, oh, sorry, and walked away. And then we went, uh, mate, that was um, that was Lovejoy. You just you just told Lovejoy to piss Incredible. off. Incredible. Or for, mm. as we've said before, or for listeners who aren't as old as us, um, Winston from John Wick. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, if I'd been able to travel forward through time, uh, I'd have come back and gone, yeah. But we all know him as Lovejoy with the dodgy the Datsun van, uh, Datsun pickup yes. truck. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was something else I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, well, I was going to say, there's something I wrote... <laughs> First of all, I just want to get something out of the way, which is thank you to everybody who sent us that advert for that terribly vandalised white Jaguar S-Type. The one that has um, a quite extraordinary bit of, I suppose you'd call it artwork, on the um, <laughs> on the bonnet. I suppose you'd call it artwork. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. You know, someone's put it. It's got. It's also got a massive spoiler on the back, and it's got for no apparent reason. It's got um, uh, the the rear quarter windows on the back doors. Yeah, the the rearmost bits of glass. The little bit has been body coloured in. I, I can't work out why that would be, but I think it's supposed to be based. The whole graphic theme of the outside is based on Stephen King's It, appropriately enough. What? So it's, it sort of ties back to what we were saying last week. With Mambo number five? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, and the stereo is jammed on Mambo number five. Oh, I still can't believe Stephen King listening to that. It just really tickles me. Really tickles me. Oh gosh! Oh. Um, but yes, thank you to everyone who sent us this this uh, extraordinarily uh, for the for the Jag vandalism news desk. Uh, this extraordinarily decorated S type. It really is um, quite a thing to behold. Where they've adapted the uh, the grill on that car to look like a mouth by painting it red. It's horrible. Oh gosh! Um, Jag vandalism anyway. continues. Jag vandalism. I mean, it's it's also. I think I can't find the price now. I've been sent this so many times. I was. I went. I. I, I th- but thank you to everybody who sent it to us. Uh, oh look, I found here. Someone sent us the the actual original ad. What it was oh, for no. sale. It was for sale, oh. but now I can't access it. But no it one was going to buy sold. it, surely. <laughs> well, this is what I was wondering. It's like who looked. Who would look at that and go, "Yep." Yeah, that's it. That's the one for me. You know, I find other cars boring. It's just like it's so it's so personal taste. It is so to somebody's personal taste that it's just the chances of you finding somebody else who's gone. Uh, I don't really like cars, but I'd love a Jaguar X type that's been painted up with a Stephen King themed exterior Awful. paint job and a massive rear wing. Awful. 
I, I, I like custom cars, but they are extremely personal and the reselling them is the hardest. Uh, did you see that message, by the way, from a chap called Chris Muse, uh, who uh, he spotted a G-Wagen with, uh, that had been rebadged as a Jimny XL? Oh, no. Mm. That's a great idea. It's, it's, yeah, it, uh, he, said it's, he spotted it in Northern France, but it was on German plates. But, yeah, it's just got, he sent us a little picture. Uh, it just on the rear quarter, it's got Jimny XL as a badge, which I kind of like. I, That's good taste. Do you always see that? You see people in G63s, and I always just think, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I'm sick and of I'd them. Say, you know, and I say that, I've got a frigging supercharged Range Rover. It's hardly the most sensible or normal car. But there's something about G63s, brand new ones, where I just go, mm. I go and see a therapist. Yeah, I, we've said it before. I think I'm, I'm, I'm over them, really. I, I think as mm. soon as they introduced uh, fake roof gutters, I, my, my eyebrow was already raised. But um, well, yes. See, this is my beef with that car: is that Mercedes could do better. Mm. They know how to make a more efficient, more aerodynamic car with no rain gutters and doors that don't need an almighty slam. So they've sort of deliberately made that car worse. You know, as compared to uh, I don't know, like an old Land Rover Defender, Land Rover could not afford or be asked to do any better. <laughs> Whereas. Mercedes went so when they reinvented the Defender they did just make it a modern car with with all of the sort of features of a modern car as they could be and when Mercedes reinvented the G-Wagon they just made it the same yeah and that's very un-Mercedes to me that's like I don't understand it although in a world where all of their models look like melted versions of what they originally set out to be <laughs> um, I, I mean, I just um, there's no there's not there's no Mercedes right now that's good looking. I really don't think. Oh, I well, I was following the new C class, which, to be perfectly honest, I'd sort of forgotten there was a new C class, and I was following one on the motorway the other day, and I went, "Oh, bugger me!" And it's not an unpleasant looking car, but I know what you mean. They're all too. Do you think the heat's on too high in their design studio? Yeah, and all the clay models are slowly just melting overnight, and no one spotted it. Yeah, it's like those Easter bunnies. What are they called? Those chocolate Easter bunnies that are wrapped in. Uh, oh gold. yes, um, uh, are they lint? Yeah, lint a lint bunny, like a lint them? bunny that's yeah. been near a radiator f- for a day, and everything's just dropped a little. The ears just a little lower than you're expecting yeah. it to be. And the nose is drooping a little bit more, and you go, hmm. I feel like that's nearly that's what all current Merc models are like. I, I was hoping to like this, but I, I just don't. And I actually had a, I had a message from a, a, a viewer of the Late Break Show the other day, going, um, I've got the chance to get a really killer lease deal on an electric Mercedes. It's either an EQA or a blah blah blah. And, I went, and they went, what, what do you reckon? I just said, none of them are worth buying. I said, no electric Mercedes is class leading in any respect. Then there's all that most of their competitors, I would say, that I've driven are better than them. In the same way that electric, there's only one good electric Audi. Mm. EQS, if it had brakes, it would probably be pretty good. Um, and yeah, so like the, those two big German name manufacturers, their EV stuff is just like uh, meh. Minute. Oh, I know what well, I was going to say. Uh, I just remembered what I was oh. was supposed to say. Um, yeah. Hang on, it was uh, you talk. <laughs> you talk about uh, Land Rovers and Defenders. Yeah. 
new, yeah. new defender, right? It's not that new anymore. I know it's probably two years old or something. Um, you know those saddlebags that, that go on the side windows at the back? Oh, yes, the sort of storage locker things. Yeah, Sto- yeah, yeah. Which I see a lot of, of cars which have had that, that option ticked. Mm. I want to know what owners really put in there. So just what do they put what in do there? The, does anybody put anything in there? Like, really? Is it like, I don't know, you know when you're putting... When, when you had really young babies and you had to change a nappy, and instead of mm. putting the nappy in the bin in the house, you just immediately walked outside and went, no, this is straight to the bin outside. This is not staying in the house. It can't stay in the house. Yeah, yeah. If there's a situation oh. like that for, you know, like you pick yeah. up your kids from school and one of them's done something horrible in their sports shorts, mm. it goes in the side lock and not in the car. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Is it? It's just, it's a, it, uh, yeah, soiled underwear lockers is what you're saying. Well, because I remember when they launched the car, they were talking about the fact that it has, I think they have a drain hole in, in one of them or both of them. And it, oh, do they? Yeah, I, I think that. they were for wetsuits and they, I think they claimed mm. it's for outdoor pursuit stuff. So I don't know if you're climbing. Oh, I could see that. Again, go away. And it's like, um, I, I think if I've been away for a bit and my walking boots absolutely stink mm. and they're not very nice in the boot of the car, so I suppose you could lock. They're big enough to lock a pair of walking boots in? Yeah, they, they, they are. are. Yeah, I would say they are. You could probably get... I don't know. Is it one of those things where you would, you'd order it and you go, oh, yeah, well, it's really outdoorsy and rugged and then you'd find you never use them? Or is it, in fact, one of those things where you find them incredibly useful and couldn't live without them? I don't know. If you've got a defender with those side panel compartments on can someone tell me what you do hello at smithandsniff.com yeah i want to know i'm keen to know whether anybody actually uses them or maybe Mm. people are just running county lines drug uh late night drug runs and and the side panels are full yeah the police search the vehicle and they never find anything because they don't think that the lockers have got anything because they think well no one's going to put anything in there but i always wonder that they're going to get caught on a narrow road yes I was about to say, now I'm guessing... On a road sign. They're no wider than the door mirrors. So actually, yeah, you're probably okay. But yeah, I do look at them and go, I wonder how often you cuff those on something by accident. It's, but probably not at all, because you take the mirrors those off. Those protruding road signs, which you sometimes see the edges bent of because a truck has clocked yes. them or a van's got them, and you think, ooh. Yeah, I always go, what hit that? Yeah, how in that position where it's like a, it's a three feet in on the pavement? It's like what hit that? What was overhanging <laughs> enough to give that a good a good wallop enough to bend <laughs> quite a thick metal sign? It's bizarre. There's a roadside near us which has recently been replaced, and it's one of those ones that just sticks out the ground with two angle iron posts. Okay, mm. and it's been taken out again almost immediately. I noticed it last week, <laughs> and it's crooked in such a way that the two uprights now look like the legs of a flamingo. Because <laughs> they're kind of like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, flamingos have backwards knees. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before because I, I still, it still wrecks my, my middle-aged head. It's like, why have they, why do they hinge the other way? But um, yeah, the sign just looks like it's been flamingoed, where someone's kicked the back of your knees at the urinal really hard, and you've gone down off of school. <laughs> Bullying spec. Now uh, we should start to, to move this towards the exit. Oh, I was going to say, I was just looking at my notes because I've written down that bloody white S type to mention that jag that's been vandalised yeah. in a Stephen King style. But also, just while I'm here, 
uh, I was at the supermarket the day near us, and as I was going to pay, I saw this, you know, uh, sort of attractive older lady, I'd say, in her mid-50s, maybe a bit older. Wonderful. But in yoga gear, and clearly, you know, she spent a lot of time in the yoga studio. Okay. I, and I just I was like, oh, there's, there's an attractive older that's lady. Great. That's nice. I mean, I say older. I mean, I'm closing in on 50, but a bit older. <laughs> But for me, her attractiveness was was magnified significantly when I went out to the car park and saw her getting into her car. Oh. Was it a big Can saloon? Can you even begin to guess what it Tell was? Tell me it was a big no. saloon. No. No. Oh. That would have been good, but no. Um, what was her car? D- Sporty. So, oh, so was she that sort of era of lady where they did buy sporty coupes and things? Mm, yeah, I mean, I think if this had been 50 years ago, or 40 or 50 years ago, she'd have had a scimitar or something. Oh, did she have a, a, a new a Mark V Supra? Current shape no. Supra? Interesting guess. No, I don't know. I would have possibly not enjoyed that as much as the fact that what she actually had was an almost brand new dark green jaguar f-type oh oh nice mm. that's the noise i pretty much made yeah. in my head at least oh oh attractive older lo- yoga lady what an interesting choice of car yoga lady in uh, a, yeah in, a, in the jack and, and we know that the first gen f-type looks so much better than the facelifted one well this was a facelift one but you know i suppose maybe she traded she had one she liked it but fancied a newer one and, uh, and stuck with the facelift I'm, I think I'm, that face um, okay. It works well in dark colours. It sounds pretty sexy from where I'm sat, Rich. I have to be it honest. Good. It was good. It was a nice thing to see. Yeah. I was just like, well, good, well met here, madam. You have you've chosen an interesting car. Um, I've seen I, when I was in seeing my parents. Um, I, I I always look for Somerset spec cars. Uh, not as many as I was expecting. You know, usually see an Orion or a Sierra. They are definitely um, thinning out. But I do see a lot of. Um, two-door RAV4s, the the early ones. Oh. The really short, mm. stubby ones, which do look pleasantly short. I like them. Um, <laughs> and I saw also a Land Cruiser. The, 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 the two-door Land Cruiser, fairly modern one, like maybe five years yes. old. They look like yeah. somebody's done it themselves. The pro the profile <laughs> the profile looks yes, like do, it looks like a, a hurried homologation car. <laughs> I think it does, but I, but in a good way. It's true. I like it. I'm yeah. drawn to it. But but make no mistake, or, it just looks a bit awkward. Yeah. No, I think they look a bit. Oh, they look like um, an engineering test mule, where it's like yes. the ne- a next generation of a smaller car is under there, but they've hidden it by cutting up a Land Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> but there's only so much they can do to the proportions yeah they're odd aren't they they, are. they really are odd. i mean there's sort of something quite appealing about them but it's a bizarre looking car but i'm still it's still got it's um, still got mitsubishi pajero evo vibes which is one of those cars i've never driven one i'm hoping to drive one soon or off of the late break show and all are you yeah i am i'm hoping to drive a standard one and then one that's been heavily breathed on and uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. Wheelbase. Wheel. Short Good. wheelbase. I can't wait to see you. 
wheelbase. Uh, right, well, let's uh, let's bring this one into land, shall we? Um, before we go, though, three things to tell you. The first one is uh, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Hail and Pace Show. Oh, in which Johnny can't be asked reviewing cars this week and just puts on a VHS of an 80s sketch show. <laughs> Two middle-aged men <laughs> pretending to be bouncers. Uh, if that's not to your taste, there's always the late break show. Lots of excellent videos on there. Enjoyed your uh, Greg James chat. That was, that was very nice. Oh. I watched that on Sunday evening while I was cooking. Thanks, it chat. Was, uh, it was delightful. Well, yeah, it's, it's had some lovely feedback. It's it's quite long form, but it's, you know, it's kind of honest. And, uh, no, I really enjoyed it. So many thankings. Um, this is the um, bit where I get a chance to promote what's coming up on the on the channel. And I've actually, because I'm so sleep-deprived and idiotic, <laughs> I actually don't know what's going out. Oh, I think I, 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 know, I know what's going out. Uh, there's another chat with a human, a car-based human, um, that is your friend uh, and I, my recent acquaintance, Jay Ward from, from Disney Pixar. Ah, oh, yes, lovely Jim. My chat with him at the Porsche Rennspoet event in America. And uh, he's talking me around the creation of the characters in Cars and then specifically mm. Sally Carrera. And then they built that real Sally Carrera using a chopped up 996. Yeah, they do. They had to. Did they shorten the wheelbase? They shortened the wheelbase the- significantly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they did and it was really I, I, he's such a passionate one guy. can only speculate on what that involved but yeah <laughs> he is he's a lovely man and very passionate about animation and cars and yeah he's uh, had some great cars so we, we have a top chap oh well I heartily endorse that one then because because uh, you know he's a good one he's a good egg so we've got here we've got that we, that will be out by the time you listen to this but also off of uh, another barn find as well like Aston Martin like you know, Aston Martins, like seventies ones, A M V A S specifically. Mm. Yeah, did a barn find a really nice, lovely, quite sinister spec, um, nineteen seventy eight Aston Martin V A S, and I actually did that barn find the day after interviewing Freddie Tavares, um, and Freddie oh. casually during the interview said, uh, what, "What are you doing tomorrow?" I said, "Well, I've got to film a barn find tomorrow." He said, oh, I've got a spare day. Do you mind if I come? And I said, yeah, if you want to come, you're more than welcome. I'll splash you a, a meal deal and uh, buy a coffee. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he, he came and helped me. I had a fantastic day pulling out and trying to start this, this Aston Martin that's been in the family for many years and years and years. Excellent. Yeah, so, so that's that. But you've got news as well, Richard. Haven't you? Yeah, I know. I was going to talk about this a bit more in this show, but uh, but we're coming to the end now. Uh, yes, my new book, Boring Car Trivia 4, is out at last. I've been mentioning it for months and how I'm working on it. Well, it's finally done. It's on sale. Get it from Amazon as a paper book or an, a paper book? I mean paperback, don't say. But it's still a book. Or You're not an lying. e-book. It is a book. Paper book. Maybe we should just say that in future. Uh, yeah, it's full of arcane information about cars. Um, lots of things. Uh, I can tell you, speaking as we just were about F-types, uh, what Jaguar called the F-type internally and in marketing and what inspired some of the interior details on that car. Um, story that you might like about the Porsche Boxster uh, in its original form, like you've got, uh, the, the most bizarre accessory that it was available with from the factory when it was new. Uh, the weird reason why the Lotus Emira has a heated rear window and 
the reason why the Aston Martin Vantage, the old supercharged one, twin supercharged one from the 90s, owes a debt of gratitude to a scrapped Peugeot 505. <laughs> I love. So there's lots of lots of stuff in there that is is strange and uh, unusual, and you, hopefully you don't already. You know. left me yearning for more, and and I say this. Well, <laughs> no, no, that was the hope. It doesn't sound sincere, um, but it, it it is sincere. Um, they're great. I uh, really enjoy the the trivia. Yeah, it's uh, this is. Uh, I mean, it's taken ages, but hopefully it is is full of stuff that people won't already know, or more detail on things that people do vaguely know. And a big thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast, who sent suggestions or sort of half remembered things that I've been able to follow up on to put in the book. Um, it's uh, it's been a bit of a labour of love, but it's out now. And if you are at a loose end and a bit bored, why not go and buy it? It's only six ninety nine. I mean, that's a big coffee and a sandwich, isn't it? So. Um, it's not so it's brilliant can somebody please go and buy that this uh boring car trivia volume four if you've got the other three it's offensive to stop now you need to keep going it is your set won't be complete uh and hopefully if you're interested in boring trivia that's the kind of thing that will bother you yes um or just go and go straight in at four and then work your way backwards there's no plot so you will know exactly it's like how i would watch um star wars for example and <laughs> but there's no clue. I suppose that is sort of how you're supposed to. Oh, don't don't start. Let's not get no, down with that. don't start. Um, no. Anyway, boring country before on sale now on Amazon. Uh, if it is a is paperwork. <laughs> Said it again. What an absolute arsehole. paperwork. Paperback or a, a paperwork or an ebook. I'd get the paperback because it's you know it's just something nicer about. And <laughs> um, uh, the third thing I've got to say was actually from a listener. It's a bit of a follow up to last week. Was it? I said that Ray of Light by Madonna. It's a cover version. Yeah. of an old uh, folk song from the 70s. Yes. Uh, a Patreon called David Cars or Cars, I don't know. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. He he said um, one of the writers of the original Ray of Light, it was called Seferin, um, they surprised him on some surprise, surprise type ITV show in the 90s. He had no idea. And David says, from memory, they presented him with a chunky royalties check. What? that's amazing he didn't know that uh i haven't bothered to check this is accurate but i'm going to go with david's memory of it that yeah one of the writers of what became ray of light didn't know that madonna one of the world's biggest pop stars had uh, turned his track into something contemporary um i'd like anyway, to meet madonna uh, one day and talk to her about cars but that's not going to happen so stay tuned well, to this podcast I, you know, it's not with that attitude it's not i mean you know once she's defeated uh, once you've got liam howler on then the next one can be uh, an idle chat with madonna that would be amazing to this week on the late break show our <laughs> idle chat is with um uh you know madonna yeah Sade's gonna pop she's her head she's the been itching to talk about cars all this time because you know greg james it felt like in a way when you chat to him he's uncorking something because he doesn't generally talk about cars in his profession he sent me a text message life. um like 24 hours after the video had gone out because he he did say i think he won't mind me saying this i was genuinely nervous way more nervous than i was giving off to you of how this video would be received and he said, I now feel like, I said, I really, I've read some of the comments and I'm really, I feel like I'm, I've finally come out in my, it, with my car personality and I'm happy to be out. Thanks for helping me come out. 
<laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? I love that. Okay. It's weird because so many people are like, I didn't expect him to have good car taste. Yeah. I just thought he'd be driving some sort of wanky new car on credit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... They're out there, they're out people there. like us. They're sweet, out there. sweet guys. Sweet. Madonna is one of them. Sweet, sweet, sweet ladies. Sade, if you're listening, uh, phone's still on, all right? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, well, the grail of, uh, of guests. I've actually got... This I've got a podcast or your show. With Sade's um, wankle fanaticism, I, uh, <laughs> I've got the perfect car coming up that I need her to... Um, come and experience with me i would love that and it's 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 in it's not that far from where she she lives i believe it's not that far from gloucestershire right then well her love we really should uh, wrap we've wrapped this up for uh, for six minutes i think we've been wrapping it up since uh, yesterday but uh we will do it now uh, by saying thank you for listening and we'll do it again next week until then goodbye cheers mate thanks mate bye mugs t-shirts stickers T-shirts, stickers, stickers, mugs, t-shirts, stickers. We might do hats soon, we haven't decided. This may come as a surprise, but Smith and Sniff have merchandise. You won't believe your eyes, Smith and Sniff have merchandise. Sadly, we don't do pies. But Smith and Sniff have merchandise One day we might sell ties Smith and Sniff have merchandise Yeah, no one warns you about this stuff Oh yeah, when you get older You're just going to feel more tired all the time Yeah, it is a thing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 